just say your name. My name is Sarah Johnson, and I like Joshua Michael Stamper. He's great. (laughs) Welcome back, Aspire listeners. And I am so excited because I have my amazing friend, Sarah Johnson, with me today as we speak about her contribution to my new book, Aspire to Lead. And if you've listened to the podcast before, you know that myself and Sarah Johnson have done a series, Aspire to Rise, where we get to coach young and aspiring leaders and help them through a problem that they have. And I have just so much admiration for um, this amazing leader and woman. And I just so appreciate you not only being on the podcast, but also being a contributing author to my book. So exciting. Your book, Joshua, (laughs) your book. I know it's kind of surreal. I'm I'm holding it in front of me right now. And I, I don't really believe it's true. I want to let the listeners in on a little secret about you. Can I please? Okay. So I'll never forget when you first started conceiving this idea that you might become an author and you trusted me to have some side conversations with you about this. And it's such a joy to be a party to watch not only the book come to life, but also you as a leader and the development process that you went through, because we're all growing and learning and as a person who's moving into the world of becoming an author, there are so many complex feelings and so much imposter syndrome that just totally creeps in for all of us. And I just wanted to make sure that the listeners hear that because they are fans of your work, of your content creation. And I think having an inside view into what it feels like to transition from the seed of an idea that you know you're called to share to pressing yourself forward through potential barriers that are outside of you, as well as inside of you to get to the point that you are now, which is the most vulnerable and exciting, ready to launch this incredible book. So good for you. I'm so proud of you. Well, thank you, Sarah, for everything really, because you were, you were on the early stages of, of this idea that I had in my mind that I needed to get out onto some paper and Wow. Um, I don't even know where to start because I wanted to have contributing authors that had an impact in my own leadership journey, but then were inspiring in other ways, you know, not just in leadership, but just helping other people. And, and your heart is just so huge. And, and from day one, I knew I wanted your voice in this book. And I'm so excited for folks to, to read your chapter. But before we dive into that, if for some reason they don't know who Sarah Johnson is, will you just share a little bit about yourself? Well, it's likely that they don't know who I am, but also you could confuse me because there's a few other Sarah Johnsons in this world. It's kind of crazy, right? Yeah. So I am an educator in Wisconsin and I have been an English teacher and a building principal at all levels, K through 12. The last three years, I've been in that space of being able to do things like work with educators, make deeper connections, um, serve others through coaching. I've published a couple of books, um, Balance Like a Pirate, Going Beyond Work-Life Balance to Ignite Passion and Thrive as an Educator. And through that, I've also been able to travel the country and share messages of hope about how we can live this full life of ours with that co-authored message with Jessica Johnson and Kabeen. And then I did launch out and write my own, which is lead with faith, which you were a contributor, a contributor to that as well. It's fantastic. Um, and it's just been such a fantastic chapter to be able to serve the educators who serve our students in our communities. And now (laughs) hot off the presses, I am, I've, done another courageous yes. And I have said yes to a position in our local school because they did not have a qualified 
library media specialist. And so I am fresh into a new position, learning all the things <laughs> um, about how to support pre-K through 12 um, learning community as a teaching librarian. So I am planning lessons for media in the elementary. Um, I am a tech teacher for grades K through three, and then also providing supports um, for high schoolers and just learning how I can be the light and lead from any title in this district level role. And so it's been fantastic and a little exhausting. And then somehow in the outside of times, I still managed to lead my own podcast, which yes, you and I collaborate in, and I can't wait to get back into that. I'm an adjunct professor for educational leadership, and I'm currently taking my own courses for my PhD in service and leadership. So I'm also a mom and a wife, right? So like this whole full life thing that we talk about, um, I'm really being challenged to practice what I've been preaching the last three years. And I'm excited to see where I'm going to fail and where I'll be able to succeed. You're just doing it all, sir. You're really just doing it all. I'm trying to do what I have encouraged others to do, which is to bring myself to any one of those spaces Mm -hmm. and not lose myself in it. So yeah, trying to do it all. The balance is real. (laughs) The precarious balance, right? (laughs) Well, I, I know that you're going to do great things. You, you continue to amaze me in everything that you do. And the district is so lucky to have you in, as the media specialist. And um, yeah, I, I know you're going to thrive in that position. So going back to the book, we have talked a little, about, a little bit about your chapter, but um, I just want to let the listeners know... I, I have an Aspire model where I've used Aspire as an acronym. Um, so that is activate, support, persevere, identity, reflection, and execute. And you were marvelous in the chapter about identity. So for those who are listening, why is it so important for any leader to find their identity? I love this acronym, by the way, the Aspire acronym. I'm so excited to just devour the entire book and for the listeners to hear all that. Uh, But in terms of identity, I find it to be one of the most critical pieces because I think as I shared in the excerpt, we tend to get into leadership after kind of going through a program and many of us check the boxes and maybe we dive into our leadership characteristics a little bit, but then once we hit the ground running in whatever title position we get, we fall to either what people demand from us or what we think the organizations expect from us and and forget to stand on the firm foundations of who we were uniquely created to be as the leader you know not there's there's not one way to do any particular leadership position and i think that we can often lose ourselves trying to be whatever it is the archetype we have in our mind or sometimes the person who came before us like trying to become who they were or you know, whatever that happens to be. And we forget that we're uniquely created to exist in that role as who we are as people. And so I think it is essential and critical. And the other thing I wanted to mention is in the unique position that I'm in, being able to serve people who are aspiring into that position in their pre-service, as well as coaching current leaders, I can tell you that this is not just a theory I have. It is actually true that very few of us dive into that and stay in that, um, identity piece, like knowing who we are uh, so that we can better understand maybe why we're not received well, or why we are strength strong in certain areas. 
um, because we just get so busy doing the tasks and become taskmasters that we forget to remember that we're ever evolving in our leadership identity. So I hope that wasn't too far out there. <laughs> Not at all. So Sarah, I'm, I'm just thinking, you brought up the term vulnerability, and I was trying to be very transparent in this book and to share a lot of failures that occurred in my early years as a leader. One of the things when I started to be an administrator was I was trying to do everything that everybody assumed I would be. Mm. Whatever their expectation was, I tried to fulfill that, which for a lot of things was outside of the scope of what I was comfortable with. And Mm -hmm. I I did lose myself within that first year and to the point where I just wanted to quit. I I didn't want to do it anymore (laughs) because it wasn't enjoyable by any means. Did you have an experience similar to that as a young leader of trying to meet expectations and, and not feeling like you were showing your true identity? Oh, without question. You know, I, it's funny because I actually just had a conversation yesterday with an individual who is out of administration now as well. And that person shared how if she just would have listened to her inner truth, instead of listening to the advice she was receiving from a direct supervisor, she knows things would have gone differently. And if I can, you know, I could give sit here and give you six or seven tangible examples of how I did the exact same thing, because you think that you're beholden to Uh, whether it's a person who directly supervises you or the feedback that you're getting and internalizing and thinking a lot of it, by the way, is based on perception and not actually reality of what should be happening, but absolutely. That is um, truly some of the pain points that I come from with my, both my balance and my lead with faith message, because I did fall into that trap of thinking I couldn't be boundaried, for example, Um, Like I had to be there constantly. I had to be the first one in the building and the last one to show up and I could never shut the job down when in reality, I'm so much better when I'm boundaried and when I, um, you know, am more focused, right. But all the people who had come before me, they just fed that, um, workaholic trait that I have given down to me from my own dad. Um, so absolutely that that's huge. And then you do burn out, um, I will also share with you one quick example, which I've shared before. When you talk about leadership identity, I am an enthusiastic, joyful person. I don't know if you can tell that. Um, And as a high school principal, people don't really expect that from um, high school principals. They have perceptions of who you are uh, if you exude that type of an energy. And for a while, I was told that I needed to be a little less, Um, you know, I needed to and not maybe even saying so many words, but, um, not give people any type of way to get in because maybe I'd be perceived as a non-disciplinarian, for example, because I'll sing in the hallway and laugh and, you know, um, and man, when I lived that out for a short period of time, I would, I was miserable and I would never want to go back to being anybody other than who I'm uniquely made to be, which is an individual who yes, will randomly burst out into song when, when, an, <laughs> when a song comes to my mind. So yeah, we need to be ourselves. Um, and that doesn't mean that we can't refine ourselves and go through our, you know, grow through some of our areas of weakness, I guess, if you would say, or refine those edges, but it absolutely means that we have to be able to show up mm-hmm. as how we're uniquely made. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think you make a great point that you know, as we get older, as we grow in our leadership journey, that we do change and there's nothing wrong yep. with that, but we need to own it and we need to make sure that we're not being someone who we weren't meant to be. 
So for instance, if someone is listening right now and they are struggling with something and they're connecting with some of the examples that you shared and they don't feel like they are being their true self and Mm -hmm. they need to rediscover their identity, what are some things that they can do tomorrow or next week? Yeah. So the other piece I want to mention is that I guess I didn't even know who my whole true self was either, or being willing to acknowledge or embrace the beauty of who I am. Um, so, and I found this in a lot of the clients that I coach. So here, I'm going to give you three tangible things. One is take uh, a personality inventory that is vetted, reliable, I highly recommend the Enneagram and specifically I recommend either the ready tool or the WPSS and because those are like $10 a piece, but they're valid and reliable assessments, but please understand that I have taken coaches or I've coached clients on a journey that's taken them six months, even to really start to dive in and learn the beauty of who they are as individuals. It's very complex. If you're not interested in diving that far in, um, any other assessments, uh, for example, the disc, right. Um, the D I S C, uh, taking the Myers Briggs again, just uh, how about the strengths finder, right. And starting to just really identify who you are and who you are from your strengths and, sit in that and have conversations with your team or people around you that you trust to start to really embrace the beauty. I mean, you might not be the best delegator in the world, but you are a fantastic uh, communicator, for example, right? Um, So just really spending time in what makes you, you and starting to own that a little bit um, and process through it. Because I think a lot of times we start, the world just leads from a lens of, um, I can't come up with the term right now for some reason, but I don't sleep enough. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, no worries. I'm just gonna cut this out anyway. Thank you. What is it? Deficit, a deficit model, right? Yep. We focus and that. I feel like, especially for leaders, we focus on what they don't have because so we're so quick to criticize and to scan for the negative. And as leaders, we start to internalize that and we internalize the feedback. Anybody who's ever given a survey in their classroom or as a leader, and they focus on the one negative thing that they got compared to the seven or eight positives, right? Yep. So just looking, first of all, at your identity and owning what makes you uniquely and beautifully you, but then also training your brain into seeing how those are strengths. And I'm going to, I'm probably going too far from your question, but I also mention, um, in terms of your identity, you said, Joshua, that you were trying to be everything for everybody. And we have to quit trying to be that martyr. And I've only led in schools that are tiny. I have only led in schools that did not have uh, supports from, you know, curriculum and instruction. So if I was the principal, I was also the curriculum person. I was also the assessment coordinator. Sometimes I did district level roles for our educator effectiveness. Like it was insane. Right. And so in that context, you feel like you do have to be everything. You have to be the manager and the leader and do all the things, but I'm here to tell you that you still can get strong on who you are, but then build a team around you of people who complement you not other people that are like you and have your strengths, find individuals that really do a good job of complimenting what you can't bring to the table because you can't, and you shouldn't expect to be at all for everybody. It's not fair. It's not fair. No. Mm-mm. Wise, wise words. So Sarah, I loved how you talked about honing in our strengths. Cause I think as human nature, we, we do tend to 
look at our weaknesses and things that we need to prove on every single day. And there's nothing wrong with that. We just can't own that as our identity. Yep. We need to absolutely. So I love that piece. So for our listeners, if they are not connected with you, which they need to be immediately, but if they're not, how can they connect with you on social media? Find me on any social media platform and my website, Sarah, S-A-R-A-H-S-A Johnson. All right. So we'll have that in the show notes. I'll also have Sarah's two amazing books in there. Also, if you need to learn more about leadership, I would highly, highly recommend those pieces of literature. She is amazing. And then you also need to check out her podcast. Sarah, do you want to talk real quick about your podcast? My podcast has been a little bit of hiatus zone, but you do have to check that out. I think I've amplified over 120 women of the course of the last several years. Joshua and I have collaborated with some incredible aspiring leaders that have brought forth challenges that have grown us all. And I also offer a jolt episode where I provide some insights specifically around going beyond balance. If you need some of those tips or um, some of these identity pieces that we've talked about today. So find me at in awe to rise or the in awe podcast. You can search it. Um, on any main platform. Mm-hmm. And then you've been speaking a lot more also and working with Jimmy Casas. So if they are looking for some professional development, how would they reach out to you? I'm so sorry that I forgot to mention that I'm the director of associate development for Jay Casas and Associates. And you should find our Facebook page. We have a group um, that provides support for leaders. We run uh, Facebook live free professional development events. We've got one coming up September 20th through the 24th. And just on Facebook, look for Jay Casas and Associates Live Your Excellence group. Thanks for mentioning that. Of course. Anything for you. All right. (laughs) Sarah, thank you so much for for everything really, for being an inspiration in my own life to working with me on the Aspire podcast. And then of course, being a contributing author to Aspire to Lead. I couldn't think of a better person to work with in all of those facets. Thank you, Joshua. You know, the feeling is mutual, my friend.